is The Great Equalizer, a parenting podcast about the realities of being a mom or dad in modern Josie. We are your hosts, Sam and Charlene, and we believe we're all rocking the same kind of crazy. So let's get real, let's get honest, and let's have a laugh about the ups and downs of our current upside down. Hashtag no judges. This week on The Great Equalizer, Sam's back in Elijah's good graces. Charlene is moody but lovable. And we talk about raising girls in recognition of International Women's Day. Hello. Hello. How's it going? Good man. My son loves me again. Let's hear it. Why? What have you done? I have no idea. Just <laughs> look, he was on midterm break, so mm-hmm. I spent some time with him yesterday, and it was. I suppose it's just that reconnecting a little bit. I think so. Mm. It was, yeah. So, and then last night, after he crawled into our bed, like he woke me up and wanted to cuddle with me. Okay. Like at one point, he wanted to lie on top of me, like he did when he was a baby. Oh, sweet. And then he realized, okay, that's not comfy because he's a fair amount bigger now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he just lay in the crook of my arm. And then when I wanted to turn around, he sat up and he said, Mommy, where are you going? <laughs> what are you doing? This is how we're this lying now. This is how now. we're going to be lying now. <laughs> and so. he just, yeah, he, he was very concerned last night because he didn't remember saying goodnight to me. Ray put him to bed. Oh, sweet. And then, he, and then Ray, he, he was just restless. So he was lying awake, um, Elijah now, and just wasn't falling asleep. And I had done my shower routine and everything and I messaged Ray, asked if he's okay, because he was still lying with Elijah. And he's like, no, you know, can you come, like, just just tag me out here. Yeah. And so I went, and Elijah's like, oh, good. It's you. Here you are. Yeah, you are. The I person was, that knows. He's like, mommy, whatever are we going to do? I forgot to say goodnight to oh, you. sweetness, man. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, cool, I'm back. I'm back in. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Yeah, that's nice. Maybe... It's because I am um, bombed. And by bomb, I mean like d- did well. Like a lot of people are thinking our bombing at momming means... It's like it bombed out it as bombed in it failed. Out. No, guys. You're the bomb. You're the bomb. That's what it is. And so I bombed at Baker's Day. Ah. Yeah, I have to just... Hang on. Hang on. We'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta say, it wasn't without tears. Oh, really? Ah, because you always, um, I don't know, you you're you're wanting a memory, right? Yes. And the pressure of that memory in amongst all the things you have to do in the week. So I, I don't know. I I had a bad work day that day, and I went to go pick him up early, and I had all this pressure from things that I needed to get done. But I was like, okay, we're gonna bake now. And we're going to enjoy it. Yes. You will enjoy it. This will be fun. Or be damned, yes. And he was like, cool, I'm home from school. I'm just going to do my usual things. I'm going to play with my trains. I want to watch my show. Not interested in this particular activity. I was like, fuck, we need need to bake and we need to have fun doing it. (laughs) Need to make it count. And uh, I, I did start and he did help me. For all intents and purposes, he helped me bake. (laughs) <laughs> I did most of it, but yeah. he still helped me bake. So, you know, I did have a bit of a cry because I just looked at Ray. Oh, and I'd taken like meat out to cook and it was actually like a slow cook meat and not yes. as quick as I thought it was going to be. Uh, and we needed the oven. Which you were using for baking. Which I was using for baking. So actually the actual cookies had to go in like after dinner uh, when Elijah needed to go to bed. So uh, he did he only saw the final thing the next day and it was just like so when I realized he's not gonna help me put the cookies in the oven, then I just burst into tears oh. and then kind of had a moment and then I came back. I was like, chill, I'm fine, I'm cool. Not the end cool, of the world. Cool. This is whatever. And it was box cookies and it was only cookies and it wasn't like some cutesy anything. And I was just like, fuck it. This is what I'm doing. Because <laughs> like the, you mentioned like Oreo dipped things to me the other day. I was like, no, no, <laughs> no, sir. No, that's too many ingredients. It's too many things that I have to juggle. No. Okay. So, yeah. 
Um, I think I'll take that as a bombing at mommy. I think it's a bombing at mommy. You survived it. You yeah. did it. The biscuits went to school. My bad mom moment, I will never take back forever because it was hilarious. <laughs> okay. It was so funny. I was crying for a long time just from laughter. Um, so our the driveway or like the first intersection out of Elijah's school is weird. It's like a slipway road next to a main road. And the slipway road has a, a stop sign. And the main road that's right next to it has a robot. Yeah, traffic for, light. Traffic yeah. light for yeah. our international listeners. listeners yes. <laughs> and I, you've got to turn into the main road and you've got to sort of – way up the traffic lights and the people coming towards you from the the stop sign it's it's a shit show every day and there's always someone who thinks that you're driving badly and it's just like look for me if i rely on the stop sign on the robot or the traffic light only i'm not gonna go anywhere yes so i have to actually go where when, other cars when does are your driving turn fit in because where you're standing is not taken into account when the traffic light um yeah. Changes. So almost every day I end up saying, I end up hooting or someone hoots at me or something happens and Elijah's like, mommy, why the hooting? Mm. And I go, no, Elijah, because this uncle is driving like a poopoo. <laughs> and I know in, so I'm English for, you know, it, by the strict terminology of it, I speak English. You're an English South African. I'm an English South African. Yes. Um, but I some Afrikaans does creep in and Pupil is an arsehole in Afrikaans, yes, right? Yes. So I wouldn't really like it if he said arsehole. But because like it's doesn't sound as harsh for me in Afrikaans. Pupil. Pupil. <laughs> it's just like if you say kug, which is shit. If my son had to say kug, wouldn't be as bad if as if he sh- said shit. Oh, okay. I don't know. That's just I like suppose because it's not your first language. Yeah. To me that's full so, on cussing. So that's swearing, swearing logic, you know. <laughs> okay. Swearing logic dictates if it's not in your home language, it's okay. <laughs> I suppose, like how you always swear when you learn a foreign language, you always learn the swear words first. Your friends teach you the swear words first. <laughs> yeah, and so you're like, it's so funny to yeah. say. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think I've been probably saying it a lot. Often I just try and say poop head, but poop all always comes out. Okay. And the other day, the lights were out. We were at another um, traffic light entirely. And um, someone hooted at somebody else ray was driving and he said daddy why why is that man hooting at you he said he's not hooting at me he's hooting at the other uncle because it's raining and people are just driving badly ray's much better at this <laughs> than i am <laughs> clearly <laughs> and he said and like a it's like a five second beat and he goes dad it's because he's a poopal hey <laughs> <laughs> What a dress! This is a great. And I just, Ray just looked at me He's laughing. Like, That's you. And you I, did this. <laughs> and I was just like, I couldn't be prouder. <laughs> I'm so proud that I told my son this swear word. <laughs> Ah, that's funny. So there's my bad mom moment. It's because he's a poopal. Yeah. There you go. I bet you can't stop that. No, I, I actually, <laughs> I, I can't. I must, I'm, I'm just thinking back to when my sister's kids, my niece and nephew were small and I used to be the one that said bad, <laughs> bad things that they, that they repeated. Um, I, uh, I had, well, my week wasn't so eventful, but, um, Josh did say this morning when he was looking for something, he was trying to call me and his dad said to him, what do you want? And he says, that moody one. What do you say? That, that moody one that loves me. <laughs> he referred to me as the moody nice. one that loves him. So I guess that's why I'm moody but lovable. And then my bombing at momming, I also have to say Star Baker. It's called Star Baker at our school. Mm-hmm. So Jess had her first Star Baker and, um, I was going to bake, but then her teacher also had a birthday this week, the same week. And so we baked a cake for the teacher and she actually helped me. I have photo evidence of she, she's mommy. You need to send that mommy mine mix. Mommy mine everything. When she talks about herself, it's mine. Mommy mine already. Mommy, oh. mind bed, or whatever she wants. So when she says this, this belongs to me, or she refers to herself as I'm, I am ready. I am doing then this. Then it's so mine. Am, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> she actually, mommy, mind mix. Mommy, mind mix. She made a big mess, and she got irritated when we had to stop mixing. But that was our baking, really. So this 
kind of resulted in my bad mom moment. I decided to, uh, instead of bake something, make fruit skewers with marshmallows at the end and just dip them in chocolate with sprinkles. And listeners, can we just like, <laughs> she just like, I just, I just melted some chocolate and it like, White chocolate dipped marshmallows with sprinkles. But it's really not a... No, you go to the is. baker's shop, you buy the chocolate that you melt, you put a glass bowl over <laughs> a pot that, with wa- boiling mm, water mm-hmm. and you just slowly melt lot, the chocolate. That's a lot of And once steps. it's melted, you put the thing on the skewer and you dip it in them. It's a lot of steps. It's like your Oreo thing. It's How so easy, that, Sam. How is that more steps than Beating, mixing eggs and milk and well, beating the, the stuff. So, why do you mix into the box stuff? Water, eggs, milk. Yeah, you still have to throw that in a bowl, mix and it. Comes it. with instructions. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, so I've decided so it's a thing. It's a whole deal, Charlene. Just admit it. Just take it. It didn't feel like a whole deal to me. Otherwise, I wouldn't have done it. Okay. So that was an easier option for me, legit, than actually baking. Okay. So I I thought that had a lot of sweets because of the birthday party earlier in the week, and so I was nailing it with just bombing at momming with making these pretty little f- fruit skewers and. Um, they I really decided, did look super pretty. I decided Jess needs to have some element other than just putting the fruit on the skewer. What am I going to do for like a decoration element? And that's why I decided on dipping the marshmallows in the chocolate so she could put the sprinkles on. And her and her brother were both going to help me with this, but they were in such awful moods and they were so badly behaved. Jess was in her like... I want something, I don't get it. She flops down on the floor and just starts screaming like someone is murdering her and just kicking. And just kind and of, everybody in the household just kind of steps over her yes. while she does all and of she's this. just losing her mind. And I was just like, I'm not having this. So when you little shits are asleep, your dad and I will make these Baker's Day <laughs> treats. So Retna, actually, it was fun for us actually to make it because we got to laugh and mess around and just make the treats. Was that really your bad mom moment? Yeah, because I didn't do my kids' baker's day with her. <laughs> luckily, luckily we have a listener that has saved us with two bad mom moments. So, um, mom fail of the, the day, the week, the year, I don't know which one you'd like to call it. I was taking Matt for a swimming lesson this afternoon got Josh in his pram, we were set to go, put the pram outside on the um, first sort of, I suppose, step um, and turned to lock the front door and I don't know, Josh's pram just sort of started rolling off the, the little step. I mean, it's not a step in the conventional thing it's quite long I mean the full pram can sit on it it's not sort of balanced on there um yeah and it started rolling and then it fortunately didn't go to the road because that would have been awful but as it hit the all the little gravelly stones the wheel the front wheel just went in from under it and the pram toppled over and somebody was walking past and saw it all happen and went, oh my God. And I was like, oh my God, somebody saw me fail as a mom. Um, anyway, he's fine. He wasn't hurt at all. And <laughs> he, he, didn't, his, he didn't even touch the ground, actually. The pram was big and bulky enough that he was completely secured in it. Um, yeah. And in other news, Matt's just called me, Mommy, while I'm trying to cook dinner, Mommy, come and look in the toilet. Matt, I don't have time to look at your poos. I need to get cooking and stuff. He goes, no, Mommy, come here. So I go to the bathroom and I open the door and there's a trail of poo between his legs, like on the on the seat where your legs normally sit touching each other. Matt, what happened? Oh, I've... I forgot that I needed to make a poo. So there's my little boy sitting with a trail of poo on the toilet seat and a turd in his underpants stall. Like, that's how much he forget forgot that he actually pooed his pants. So I had to wipe the toilet while he's still on there having a poo. Um, mom life, it's grand. 
<laughs> Shame. Ain't it just? Ain't it just? I can so relate. But to be honest, I must say, if that pram incident happened with me, I would probably be the one whose kid fell out of the pram on his face because I would have left the pram there thinking, I'm going to strap him in just now. I hate it when people see you fuck up. <laughs> it's so bad. You hate feel it. so shit. Because you're like, you weren't there to see all the other good things. Yes, you know? like I'm a good mom, okay? Don't you give me, don't look at me in that tone of voice. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so, I don't know. I guess that's what you get for having two kids, right? Yes, exactly. That's how it goes. <laughs> that said, all power to the moms doing all the things. As we always say, but Charlene, especially this week. Why this week? Because it's International Women's Day and we are feeling it. Please remember, what we say on this podcast can only be considered the gospel on planets Sam and Charlene, respectively. Our kids and husbands can be assholes and angels at the same time. And only we're allowed to say so. And lastly, by virtue of the fact that we are women and it comes naturally to us, we reserve the right to change our minds and or contradict ourselves whenever we so choose. And we don't want to hear a damn thing about it. Hashtag no judges. Be a lady, they said. Your skirt is too short. Your shirt is too low. Don't show so much skin. Cover up. Leave something to the imagination. Don't be a temptress. Men can't control themselves. Men have needs. Look sexy. Look hot. Don't be so provocative. You're asking for it. Wear black. Wear heels. You're too dressed up. You're too dressed down. You look like you've let yourself go. Be a lady, they said. Don't be too fat. Don't be too thin. Eat up. Slim down. Stop eating so much. Order a salad. Don't eat carbs. Skip dessert. Go on a diet. God, you look like a skeleton. Why don't you just eat? You look emaciated. You look sick. Men like women with some meat on their bones. Be a size zero. Be a double zero. Be nothing. Be less than nothing. Be a lady, they said. Remove your body hair. Bleach this, bleach that, eradicate your scars, cover your stretch marks, plump your lips, Botox your wrinkles, lift your face, tuck your tummy, perk up your boobs. Look natural. You're trying too hard. You look overdone. Men don't like girls who try too hard. Be a lady, they said. Wear makeup. Highlight your cheekbones. Line your lids, fill in your brows, lengthen your lashes, color your lips. Powder, blush, bronze, highlight. Your hair is too short. Dye your hair, not blue. That looks unnatural. Look young, old is ugly. Men don't like ugly. Be a lady, they said. Save yourself, be pure. Don't be a whore. Don't sleep around. Men don't like sluts. Don't be a prude, don't be so uptight. And smile more, pleasure men. Be experienced, be sexual, be innocent, be dirty. Be the cool girl. Don't be like the other girls. Be a lady, they said. Don't talk too loud. Don't talk too much. Don't be intimidating. Why are you so miserable? Don't be a bitch. Don't be so bossy. Don't be so emotional. Don't cry. Don't yell. Don't swear. Endure the pain. Don't complain. Fold his clothes. Cook his dinner. Keep him happy. That's a woman's job. You'll make a good wife someday. Take his last name. You hyphenated your name. Crazy feminist. Give him children. You don't want children? You will someday. He'll change your mind. Be a lady, they said. Don't get raped. Don't drink too much. Don't walk alone. Don't go out too late. Don't dress like that. Don't get drunk. Don't smile at strangers. Don't go out at night. Don't trust anyone. Don't say yes. Don't say no. Just be a lady. Wow. <laughs> it's intense, eh? So that's the, the viral video by Girls, Girls, Girls magazine. Guys, if you haven't had a chance to Seen actually the video look yet, at yeah. the video, it's so much more impactful than just listening to Yeah, when to you the have the sound. visual yeah. aspect backing up the dialogue or the, the monologue. Yeah, so it's... Sure. It speaks volumes, actually. I mean, this is... So we're going into International uh, Women's Day this week. We're actually going live with this episode um, early so that it aligns with International Women's Day. And the theme for International Women's Day this week is, oh, this year is hashtag each for equal. 
And I just, when I look at this content, I kind of, when I look at the, the Women's Day content and this type of thing, and last year, the, the what happened in September with gender-based violence and, and all of those types of things, I just kind of want to creep into a hole and I just want to go, it's too much. Mm. And as you know, I, and I'm pretty sure my our listeners know by now, um, I'm terrified to have a girl. Mm. You know, I'm happy with my boy because I'm like, it's going to be tricky, but not as tricky. Yeah. With a girl, because of shit like this, that we have to deal with on a constant basis. And we, there's a lot of things that we have to unlearn as women. You know, I mean, and it all starts, so coming from that gender-based violence, um, you know, discussion last September, um, there was a lot of, remember that whole thing of this there's a hierarchy well there's a there's like a, a pyramid and mm. it all starts with little comments that you tell your boys mm. like don't cry or that's a girl's toy or you know um just making clear distinctions between boys and girls and all of that and and the whole theory behind it is that it eventually leads up to a little bit of well, starting out with a little bit of discrimination against women and for you know the people that really haven't put a lot into bettering themselves as human beings that like mm. results in you know serious discrimination on uh, of women and then you know eventually the the worst part of it would be rape and mm. sexual harassment and all of that but and i mean yeah we're not saying that that is going to lead that if you're if cuz i i feel bad about sometimes the way my mind is conditioned I've caught myself once or twice saying to Josh, because he wanted to wear on Valentine's Day his sister's floral red shoes to school. So, and instinctively, I wasn't even, I was rushing, I was packing things in a bag. I was like, Josh, those are girls' shoes. You can't wear them to school. And when I uttered the words, I was like, why can't he wear them to school? Mm. If those are the effing shoes he feels comfortable wearing, why am I conditioning his mind in a different way. Sorry. And it's it must be super tricky if you have a boy and a girl. Exactly. Right? He wanted to wear his sister's shoes. And to him, he's just like, but she gets to wear these really cool red shoes. Mine are just plain blue. Why can't I wear mm. funky, he different shoes? He doesn't see it as a boy or a girl or people will laugh at me or people will comment. And I think maybe the comment stemmed from wanting to protect him because... Well, yeah. The other boys at school won't be wearing something like that. So if you go to school with wearing your sister's sandals, they're going to say you're wearing girls' shoes. They're bound to make fun of him. Exactly. So, but the truth of the matter is he should be able to live in a world where if he wants to wear girls' shoes and that's his thing, okay, granted he's only four, I shouldn't be the one inhibiting him. And so Mm. making those comments because of the way our minds are conditioned by default it's so difficult to be cognizant of how do we raise our kids. And I'm not saying that telling my kid that he can't wear girls' shoes, I'm dividing or I'm, I'm creating a, a gender-based violence in him. But if you are not creating the idea that everyone is equal in his mind, then what are you doing? Well, so like I posted something the other day, which was like a tweet thread that they took screenshots of and just put it on a Facebook post. And basically it was a man and woman kind of team. I think they were doing sales together for Mm. a company. Yes, I watched it. I I read it. It was the screenshots of the the guy and... a client thought he was the chick because he was talking on screen. And then he didn't realize. So this cus- and basically their boss was always saying that um, her productivity is down and not as good as her husband's and, and, and. Then he kind of was working with a client and this client was being so rude and... Um, awful and demanding dem- and yeah, and just demeaning awful. to him saying that no you don't you you don't understand what I'm talking about because you don't understand the the yeah. language I'm using and then eventually he saw that he was signing off the email signatures with his wife's name um by accident and he kind of switched over to his name and said oh I'm Michael or whatever and I'm taking on this account again and the attitude changed completely and I have to say it's these small things mm. that I struggled with in the workplace. Mm. And even in my current work, I've thought of creating a male alias so people can take me more seriously. <laughs> Honestly. 
Somebody else that I know has has done that. Or like I was listening to a podcast and they had a, yeah, I was listening to a podcast and they did did exactly that. They had a male, it was two women that started a business together. Mm. Um, Hilary Kerr and Catherine uh, Powell of uh, Who, What, Where. They started their own like online magazine and they had an assistant called, I don't know, Josh or something. I'm using your kid's name, for example. But whatever, they used a male name as an alias for their assistant and people responded much better to this Josh alias. Or Well, or I suppose a Sam could be a guy or a girl. That's true. <laughs> until, they, until they find out I'm a woman and yes. then they start questioning everything I say and do. So I just, this be a lady thing and this each for equal that Women's Day brings us just, it's a, it's a lot, you mm. know, it's, but uh, so we soldier on and, you know, I don't know, I've, I I've been reading. I think just about being mindful of, of what, what is the, the exactly. shifts and changes that are happening in the world and to be a part of the positive change yeah, for so our I mean, children. Like how many times when a boy bullied you at school, did your mom or elders or someone close to you Or a teacher say, or yeah, someone. Say it's because he likes you. Yeah, that happened to me as a kid. Plenty of times. And now we have to change the narrative because we're just like, actually, that's unacceptable. And that might be true, but it's not right. No, and you don't accept that. Because you, what are you teaching your little girls? That it's or okay you your little boys. if boys treat you mean or n- in not a nice way. Because that's actually the way that they show you that they love you. It is fucked up. That's not an okay way to show that you care or that you you like someone. And that also you make that association of being accepted with a negative treatment. Yeah. But that's it's not nice. So Charlene, you know I don't like to celebrate holidays without digging in. (laughs) I need to know what I'm what I'm what what is the cause? (laughs) So International Women's Day twenty twenty, as I mentioned, um, each for equal. It's happening on March 8th. Oh, I thought it was March 6th. Well, this week's Sunday then. Um, and basically, you to get involved, you just need to think about how you'll forge a gender-equal world. So um, that means celebrating women's achievements, raising awareness against bias, and taking action for equality. And um, on their website, internationalwomensday.com, they... Uh, mention you know there's some women uh, championing um, there's champion women forging tech innovation Um, there are women athletes that we can applaud definitely Mm. now even locally look at our women's cricket cricket team doing so well Mm. perhaps this time next week we'll be in the finals and and it's great on our way to greatness basically. it's great that they're being showcased yeah more. absolutely because i grew up in a world where you watch it was sports. it was sport. my dad watched sports no no women's sports ever aired on television you don't see it yeah yeah so we're really making huge strides we mm. just need to make those strides with society i suppose mm. um yeah women um we need to be forging inclusive workplaces so women can thrive we need to supporting women. We need to support women to earn on their own terms. Empower women through health education, mm, which is mm. a big one for us. Yes, and increase the visibility for women creatives, which I suppose is what we fall into. You it's, know, Can yes, that that resonates with me. And the, the the in the tech industry, because in automatically in your mind you default to it being a, a male dominated industry. Yes. You think of techies and IT well, guys. Just like and yeah. Yeah. So I'm feeling excited. Um, you know, the more I do delve into it, because I want to take this holiday or this, you know, day quite seriously and, and really look into how we can forge this spirit of a gender equal world. Mm-hmm. Um, realistically, of course, I just... I, it's something that we want to achieve, mm. you know, um, with a great equalizer. And I think we're doing well by starting, by celebrating one woman's achievements in particular. So shall we bring on our guest then? I think so. 
Guys, our next guest is a mom on the move. A working mom on the move, Sam. Jeez, that's right. With three kids and technically three jobs. We should probably just stop here and give her a medal, Charlene. No, wait, wait, wait. I'd like to hear what she's all about first. Okay, well, here is what I know. Janine van Skogveik is a retail professional and recently fell into the heady world of entrepreneurship by creating the Barbie career-based board game, Dream Big. What we love most about this mom of three, well, from what we can see, is that she's passionate about encouraging young girls and boys to explore a variety of career paths. And in so doing, she's promoting the value of education and job creation with her locally produced product. Janine spent two years on her board game while momming it up and hustling a full-time job. I don't know about you guys, but we would love to hear more about her entrepreneurial journey. Welcome, Welcome Janine. Janine. Howdy, guys. Hi. Thank you for having me on your show. Oh, thanks for slotting us in because it's clearly a very busy schedule. Yeah, you're a busy woman, so we're <laughs> grateful for yeah. the time. Janine. We know a little smidge about what you do in the working world, um, but we'd love firstly to know more about who you are at home. So tell us, who calls you mom? Um, so I have three children. My oldest is a daughter. Her name is Sophia. And then I've got two boys, Daniel and Jonah. Oh, I love the name Jonah. I have an Elijah, so it's along mm, the same. It's an, I love ah, Sophia. Sophia's a beautiful mm. name to me as well. Thank you. Thank you. So, um, I don't know which, which son it is, whether it's Daniel or Jonah, but um, a bit of a sidebar, you recently discovered that one of them has Asperger's. Um, we'll be correct. We'll be heading into Autism Awareness Month next month. And look, if you don't mind sharing a little bit, we'd love to know more about your journey there. Absolutely. So, um, I, knew, I knew early on that my son had sensory processing disorder. I didn't fully understand sensory processing disorder. But I knew as a little baby, he would cover his ears very quickly and um, sort of picked up the, the, the sort of quirks and things like that. But it was only last year, around about September, October, that um, being in mainstream school, his, his teacher in grade one started noticing um, that he was actually put it acting up. And I thought, no, we need to, need to just dig into this because he's a very respectful child and very bright. And so I thought, let me take him to an OT and just let her unpack this a bit more effectively um, because, you know, parenting doesn't come with a manual or a handbook and <laughs> I, I don't understand autism, I don't understand the full spectrum and with it being a spectrum that is so broad, um, you actually don't know quite where your child fits. So mm. he went to an amazing OT, um, he still sees her and she, um, she did a couple of assessments with him and she said to me that he's high-functioning of Burgess, and he's also um, very, very high, sort of off the charts with sensory processing disorder. So still very new um, and something we, we're still working through as a family, um, reading books and just trying to equip ourselves to help him and, and to parent him as best as we can. Sure. Is it is it Daniel or Jonah, um, to clarify? Uh, my middle child, Daniel. Daniel. He's Yeah, he's just turned eight years old. So, um, you know, it, it's... They only really started presenting strongest um, autism symptoms in grade one. Uh, and yeah, mm. and, and they, you could see the struggle with mainstream school um, and little sort of quirks and, as they say, tips and clicks and things like that mm. that we sort of overlooked as parents. You don't know what's character and what, what isn't character. And so yeah, it's, it's a journey. It's true what you say about the, spro the, the, the spectrum being so broad as well that it is, it's, it's, it's difficult to pinpoint yeah we discussed that in mm. our episode on neurodiversity last year it was, mm. it's it really brought home to us how you can't actually box up these kids at all no it's you true know? um so janine we wish you all the best in that journey thank you um and Charlene, i told you that she's a powerhouse woman yeah i'm just <laughs> i'm like i'm exhausted just thinking about your life <laughs> because i don't cope on a good day i have a lot of uh, uh, fingers in a lot of pies and I, my life is kicking my butt at the moment I don't know how you do it well I mean Janine really we know from um, the moms uh, dealing with kids who are autistic who have autism they are just absolutely phenomenal so there's a there's a whole um, other spectrum of women out there who are there to support you and that you can tap into mm, so mm. you know and I'd actually 
Yeah. I'd love to touch into that community because um, it is difficult when you sort of reliant on a book um, and an OT, I mean, you need to really book time with her. So plugging into a support system in any case is, is always a good thing. So I, I really need to actually do that. That's a phenomenal idea I had to sort of just getting myself plugged into community. And once you find the time to to, yeah. to, to spend time with a community <laughs> oh, of people yeah. who share what you're going through. Even if it means a, 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 a WhatsApp group or a podcast. Exactly, exactly. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. <laughs> okay, look, Janine, what uh, we really are here for is to find out about your fascinating life as an entrepreneur. Uh, you kind of fell into this role, right? Um, I did. So I have worked in the clothing industry and initially as a graphic designer and then I made my way into being a key account manager selling sleepwear and underwear to chain store retailers. So I've been doing that for 21 years and that is my full-time um, job. Uh, but with that portfolio, I've, I've had a lot of interaction over the years with character licensing companies. So you're sort of Disney, Barbie, um, dealing with them. Mm-hmm. And with, with part of that role is attending creative summits or road shows. And, you know, at those road shows, you sit and you learn about the new direction that the print is taking and new movies coming out and sort of how to align your product with whatever trends they are moving towards. So about three years ago, um, I went to a Barbie um, Hot Wheels licensing summit and it's never been done before and never been done since. But at that particular um summit, what they did is, instead of the normal rows of suppliers sitting and watching a PowerPoint display and a couple of video clips, they actually set it up in round tables, and they had a round table for each facet of their business, which was quite interesting. So one table would be soft lines, which is your clothing. One table would be hard lines, which is like your plastic, your Tupperware, your toys. Another for, um, for just royalty reporting and, and sort of the business running side of things. And then marketing and creative. And they had a little timer and a bomb would go off and then a little huddle of supplies would move on to the next table. So um, when we got to the marketing and creative table, uh, they had a fun life after little challenge. And they said, you know, to the suppliers, if you can come up with a product that doesn't exist yet and um, it's interactive, then within eight minutes. <laughs> then She's we like, will no pressure. Get to the, yeah, no, no pressure. <laughs> but it was just a, it was just intended to be like a little lighthearted icebreaker, nothing serious at all and not real. Um but whatever the best idea of the day is, uh we've got a nice little product camper for you to take home. So it was it was quite quite surreal really because I was there on my own representing the company I worked for and in those eight minutes I saw this board game. And I, I can't explain to you the clarity of the vision. I've never had anything before it or since, <laughs> or mm. since it that was just so crystal clear. So um, Almost like a I divine think, intervention. I would say so. I really would. Um, you know, I mean, you can actually physically see something. And it makes no sense because it's such a, a little time that's allocated for something like that. Um, but I could actually see it in my mind's eye. So anyway, at the end of the challenge... Um, I went, we went around the table and I explained about the vision that I had um, with a career-based board game and that it would be for Barbie and it would link very well to the You Can Do Anything campaign, but sort of deep diving into that. So it's more practical tools. And I spoke about it and um, they said, oh, well, they you've won the prize. And second case was a Hot Wheels back roller massage gadget, which I thought was phenomenal. I thought, oh, that's so clever. Um, and then afterwards, I was approached by the MD at the conference, and she said, uh, we, we actually need to make this thing happen. And wow. initially, I thought, yeah, well, I thought, oh, that's really flattering. But I didn't know if it was just kind of heat of the moment and a nice idea. And, but, yeah, but over a period of time, what followed was a lot more meaningful discussion until I knew it was actually serious and it was happening. That's amazing, and I mean in eight minutes. How can you be that creative in eight minutes? Like the the sheer pressure of the time would just like. Charlene, the, I'm obviously not creative this is what enough. Happened. <laughs> the skies opened up, the stars aligned, <laughs> and shone down on, on Janine in that moment. <laughs> Although it's that, it's that proverbial light bulb that flickers. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> but like, yeah. look, like many moms with a dream or where something like this happens, I often say me um 
figuring out the Great Equalizer podcast and in choosing Charlene as my co-host was true divine intervention. So <laughs> I, I know that feeling. But here's the thing. Yeah. The, the hard work that goes behind it, nothing worth having comes easy, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So you spent Absolutely. two years uh, side yeah. hustling this board game while still working your full-time job slash jobs. <laughs> How did you cope with the juggle? Um, it, it wasn't easy. I, you know, I think it, it was incredibly challenging because my youngest, Jonah, was only two at the time. Um, so he was still very much a toddler. Um, mm-hmm. And then my full-time job is challenging. And it takes 100% focus and commitment because you're in a position of bringing in sales and turnover. It's not something you can push pause on or you can't coast through your day. The demands are there and um, it, it really does take all of you. But I decided once I knew that the board game was definitely moving ahead and I had Nepal's stamp of approval, which was massive because it meant convincing an international company that, you know, the South African woman has got something worth looking at. And yeah, that's the moment big. I knew that they, yeah, yeah, that the moment I knew they were on board, I knew it was serious. And, uh, you know, I've, I've got the privilege of working from home and my directors are Durban based. And I think, you know, to be trusted um, to work from home, you know, for me, I, I respect that so much. So I chose to be 100% transparent and ethical with them. And I phoned them and I said to them, you know, this opportunity has come along. Um, it's been an idea for a couple of months, but it looks like it's really moving ahead. And before I could get the words out of my mouth, they offered to come on board as investors. I think they valued that honesty and, and that work ethic. And so they said, I could also see that I was a hard worker. So it wasn't like I'd been daydreaming about mm. toys, board games and not mm-hmm. doing my job. Mm. So in being open and upfront and honest um, that also I knew I had their blessing I, I knew that the financial backing was there um, but yeah in saying all of that from a from a challenging perspective all of the work that I put into the board game has to be done in evenings and weekends and mm. I felt really really stretched um, so yeah it, it did take a lot a lot of sacrifice um, but I think because it was something that I was very passionate about and I felt like it was a massive opportunity I couldn't walk away from. I knew once I made the decision to move forward that I had to give it all or nothing. Yeah, that, that kind of, it kind of fuels you, doesn't it? That, yeah, I'm, just, passion for I'm it. just thinking about it like you're keeping your eye on the goal. And it's clear that you are passionate about it. Um, so do you want to tell us more about why was it so important to you to develop this game firstly and then secondly to develop it in South Africa? I think the Barbie brand has come an exceptionally long way. Um, you know, Barbie has started to advocate diversity and empowerment. And, you know, this, the direction the brand has taken really resonates with me. So I, I feel proud to be affiliated with, with the brand. Um, so I think that's important. Um, and then, you know, it's, it's obviously, like I said earlier, it's an honor to, to be able to invent a product for a, a brand like Mattel. I mean, that's massive. I never, mm. I've always been a creative, but I never thought I'd create something for a company like Mattel. Mm. So, that's almost, um, that's, I mean, that's daunting to say the least. It, it really is. And I think that that fueled me. Um, mm. Also, the moment I had gone to Ronnie and Neil and I said, you know, I, I, this is what I've got. I felt like I had people that were there and I kind of like, I knew I needed to come back to them and go, this is how far I am. So I set these many milestones to myself. Um, and I plotted a course. I really had a vision board. I actually literally had a vision board. And I knew I had to be this far by this time and that far by that time. Because I, I did everything from um, researching about careers, what paths I wanted to identify, role models, past and present, and then the graphic side of it. So And the playing mechanism. So everything was was done essentially by myself. Um, so I had to cross many milestones. There was no sort of company or team of people at all. So... I had to be very realistic about what I could do and the sequence of events and how I would do it. Mm. Um, yeah. And then, you know, because the message links so much to, um, to careers and, and to job creation, um, I feel that, you know, I wanted young girls in particular, and young boys also can relate to it, but I wanted children to grow up not just saying, you know, one day I hope to have a job and I hope to work in interior design. I wanted to change that mentality in a country like ours where the children are growing up and going, I'd like to look at not just having a job, but maybe job creation, because really that's what we need is a, yeah. a generation of entrepreneurs. So um, one of the career paths that I developed is um, my blue path, and it's business. And that teaches children about how to become an entrepreneur, 
little um, sequence around startup. Why do I need a logo? Why do I need a brand? Um, what sort of website do you see my business? How to facilitate an interview? So things like that. There are really little practical tools that get them thinking about being a business owner or having a startup. And that's um, not something we learn in school. I no, mean, that's not something I learned in school. No. I suppose no. if you, only if you attend like a special career-based workshop or something would you learn about stuff like that. There's too much to learn about at school for it to be that focused. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's, it's so important. And um, I know that life orientation, life skills have mm. become a part of the curriculum. And I've been in discussion this side of the year with, with life orientation and teachers and some schools that have sort of flagged um, to work with. But no, when I grew up, there certainly wasn't anything like this. It was a very overwhelming topic. Mm. You know, what am I going to be when I grow up? I mean, that's huge. Mm. Um, and we and only so had those four, like, streams of, okay, you can choose. You can be a doctor, a lawyer, an engineer, mm. or um, I'm missing I'm missing one. But, they, you know, I wanted to be an actress, so none of those ever <laughs> even showed up on my radar. I was like, I don't know what cuck you're talking about. I'm going to be an actress. <laughs> You know, you didn't, especially if you, well, let's let's put it this way, Jolene, if you wanted to make it a bucket load of money, they put you in those career paths and there was, there was yeah. nothing else, nobody. And also because I feel like our parents didn't know any better than that. They were scared to kind of steer you into more creative pathways. Mm. So I well, love, yeah. I, I love that you stimulate these four different streams that you've, that you've researched for this board game, right? It's... I, I have so the four streams that I identified um, and that I wanted to deep dive into, if I could put it that way, is mm. the pink. The pink parts are creative. So within your creative field is your is your theatre, your acting, your singing, um, but it's also it's graphic design, it's, it's marketing to a large extent, um, anything really that that comes from a place of creativity. Well, there you um, go, Charlene. I know, That's... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there you go. You would be pink. Um, and, and I know I grew up um, with, in an era where if you were arty, you weren't considered brainy. So I remember yeah. going through my education and I didn't particularly shoot the lights out with, um, with math and science. I kind of like straight by and I remember thinking, oh my gosh, what will I do? And, you know, this, so this resonated with me because I thought, you know, there could be children out there that are going, I'm just not, I, I, STEM doesn't work for me. And STEM, of course, is purple. That's the science, technology, engineering, and math. Mm-hmm. And that's that cluster of parts. And for the children that don't lean towards business or STEM, creative is still celebrated. And then, of course, the yellow cards that I've, that I've done are helping in service. So that's all your community-orientated um, careers, which are like your legal aid and social work and nursing and even tourism and travel because it's helping and it's serving. So um, you've got people that are, are naturally empathetic and they have a vocation and they want to be a teacher or they want to be a nurse. And they will be drawn towards um, the yellow path because they're people-orientated and they, they want to have a career that serves others. So it's, it's quite thought out and um, it's difficult to actually touch in every single career out there. But by the end of playing the game, the child will definitely know where they're navigating towards and where they're not. And it takes the overwhelm away and it's fun. And you're mm. learning. Um, so, yeah. But, but you asked earlier about why South Africa. And yeah. I felt like, first, first it was such an honor to be recognized as an entrepreneur in South Africa and, and a female who could develop a game for Mattel. Um, and with the message of linking back to unemployment in our country and trying to make an impact there, um, no matter how big or how small, I thought it would be absolutely hypocritical to then go and support the board game and I thought, you know, if I can create even a drop of employment here um, within our own country, I've done something meaningful. Um, and then also, obviously, to be hands-on, I very much wanted to be there at every single stage, from color-proofing to ensuring the print registration was right, um, mm. the playing mechanism. Um, so I was up and down to the company that developed the game you know, during production every day and literally standing there and watching, watching everything getting made and assembled. Um, so I thought it was important to be very much, I didn't want boxes to arrive um, and to open and go, oh, yeah. green hair. This is not <laughs> what I signed off on, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. 
Exactly. Well, look, Janine, I've got to applaud uh, two things of yours, and that's your tenacity and your your passion um, for one, but also your self discipline. Mm. I mean that uh, that's what it takes to to be an entrepreneur and and a successful one in this country. So I really, yeah, take my hat off to you. That's amazing. Oh, thank you. I just thank you very much. I'm curious to see what the most rewarding part of this journey has been for you. You know, I honestly, early on when I was still in the thick of it and it was still very much a vision being fleshed out, I thought that my, um, you know, I could have kind of had this vision where I thought one day I'm going to walk into stores and I'm going to see the product on the shelves and I'm going to just go, oh, I made it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that wasn't the moment. Um, I think partially due to the fact that the day before my son had been diagnosed and mm-hmm. sort of like officially labeled, but also because. I, by that stage, I was so entrenched in the workings of everything, the, the logistics, the getting all the boxes to the relevant stores, making sure it all arrived in time. The problem solving there. behind and, it. <laughs> yeah. You know, it wasn't a pretty pink dream at all. It was just a lot of hard work. And you get slipped away in that. And, um, and you have to be. I mean, you, you can't just, you know, uh, pick and choose the parts that you want to be on the fun part. Yeah, so, it comes with the territory. Yes, so I honestly just to answer your question, I would say that there wasn't one rewarding moment. I think there were so many challenges, so many moments of being stretched, and a lot of a lot of start, stop, and red tape. And as each hurdle was overcome, I, I've made it's made a conscious effort to celebrate the many victories along the way. So that was like walking into, for instance, ShopRite and having one pink box and not being a listed supplier and sitting down opposite a buyer and saying, "Hi, I have one one product." Mm. Will you listen as a supplier? They don't generally do that. And I'd walk away with every year and go, wow, okay, that was amazing. And so there's so many little mini milestones that overall um, made, made this whole journey rewarding. And I think it's only getting started. I'm, I'm hoping that the impact to others is really where the rewards will come because then I'll know, okay, this actually has made a difference. So, yeah, I think it's still out there. I'm still waiting for that most rewarding moment. <laughs> well, I, you know, by the sound of it, I don't think it's ever going to come. You just kind of reach for more and more and more. And we want that from people like you. <laughs> well, that's, that's the thing. <laughs> but I think you've got to celebrate the many victories. Yeah, Otherwise, you, you, say, just, yeah. you, you never really, you know, it's, we never catch ourselves in the back. We always see what's left to be done. And, um, you know, I, I just stop and go, okay, I've got to take this little moment in and be grateful for it and be grateful for that mm. little victory. And then it would give me the strength to, push through the next hurdle or um, because they, they, they come. I mean, I had three different graphic designers offered to um, help me with the final pick for print and, you know, the one had to give birth and the other moved away. And so there were little things like that and much bigger challenges um, that you can derail you and you actually have to stop, have to be present and go, okay, right, let's push in. Let's push in, let's push in and just keep going. Um, well, speaking and as of... You get to the next Yes. Sorry, see, sorry to interrupt you. No, Speaking no, no. of those challenges, was there one in particular that you thought, well, this is it. This is going to buckle me at the knees. Um, sure. I don't know that there was one. I think mm-hmm. if I have to say what was the hardest part of the entire journey, it was, you know, it was a lot of juggling, um, a, lot of, a lot of sleepless nights. I know people use the word sleepless nights very loosely, but I'm talking o'clock in the morning yeah. and you're busy picking up questions for cards and and alternative um, answers, you know, for every general knowledge <laughs> question that can't be way out there mm. um, and has to make sense. Um, and I think it was, you know, I think my social life took a, when I say social life, I mean family, uh, mm. you know, visiting my folks, um, being very present with my kids as opposed to just present. Um, all of that was hard. I think sacrificing part of me was hard and um, so I had to decide something's got to give and what gave was Ethan Jim. <laughs> so, yes, Ethan yeah. Jim, I love that. Jim was easier to part with in sleep. Then sleep, yes, <laughs> I hear you. You yeah. gave birth to a fourth That's child, Janine, let's just be honest. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was a whole other baby. Exactly. <laughs> sleep and Jim, that sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's my excuse, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, listen, I mean, you've got a lot on the boil. We haven't even touched on the work that you do for African Wild Ones. So if you guys, uh, listeners, 
go and check it out on Instagram at African Wild Ones. That's another thing that Janine does. It's it's amazing. This woman's like, yeah, I don't know, I don't know where you find it. That divine intervention needs to come straight down my alley. I'm convinced <laughs> that she just doesn't like sleep. She pretends now that the sleep is hard to part with, but you can't love Ooh. sleep and be this driven woman. <laughs> what's so, what's next for Janine? Janine, tell us what your plans are. Oh, it's actually so funny because I started 2020 with the intention of having a very balanced life. I had that, you know, that's a bit of balance. More family time, more sleep. You know, we all start... Don't mind us laughing. And guilty as charged over yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> I've managed one yeah. full week of exercise and healthy eating so far this year. So, oh, yeah, yeah, there goes balance. <laughs> yeah, I had like 24 hours of keto at one point as well. And I decided, oh, I'm trying to be good avos anymore. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that is the whole thing, you know, all the catchphrases, don't care, and da 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 da. And mm. yeah, so I thought that this was going to be the year where I could just take it down a, a year. And, um, you know, but the reality is that Innovate Play is a startup. So Innovate Play is the name of a toy company that we've produced the board game through. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll notice it's spelled Innovate with an eight minute, and that links back to the eight minutes and the innovation taking place in eight minutes. So I love that. It's a bit of yeah, yeah right. so it, it just yeah had to had to kind of pull that in because mm. of how it all came about. Um, so with the sort of stuff, you know, and getting the word out there, I need to really communicate the heartbeat of the game this year. So um, I still have to be you know full steam working ahead. Um, African Wild Ones has turned a corner. Um, the agency that I have for Cape Town, I've, I've now uh, appointed a rep to run Joburg, but I oversee her. So trying to also get that brand out there and get um, more traction as well and uh, quite heavily involved in the social media aspect. And then undies, there's undies, you know, it's full time, full on. So still very much obviously personally invested in in giving my all to to undies. So yeah, I don't think slowing down maybe next year. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe next year will be self-care balanced year. Yes, yes. Let's see how that goes. But for now, you need one of these. Uh, <laughs> Janine, I'm super excited to keep um, my finger on the pulse of Innovate Play and what you'll be doing next. So um, help us out, yeah. help our listeners out. Where can people find you? Where can people order the Barbie Dream Big board game? And where can people keep an eye on whatever's, whatever other divine intervention is going to come your, your way? Uh, thank you. So um, the board game is available on Tokola, Toys R Us, Toy Kingdom, MyToy.co.za, CNA, ShopRite Hypers, Reader's Warehouse, and SA Toy Trade. Mm, so we're at, yeah, we're at most, which is uh, really honestly quite miraculous. Um, it's been in the marketplace for five months, so I am very proud to be... What a wonderful a distribution people. chain you've built in just five months. Yeah. Thank you. That's what a great nice. footprint. Congratulations. Need another round of applause. Yeah. Okay. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Local mom of three. Hello. Yeah, jeepers yeah. creepers. <laughs> and then um, I've, got, I've got all the usual. I've got an Innovate Play Instagram and a Facebook page. And then I've got a personal page as well. And I find, you know, being a mom, I understand um, quite a few moms will hop onto my business page and they'll see the board game and then they see the author and they're curious. So they'll hop on over and add me as a friend. And I actually love that because as a mother, you don't want to see this sort of business front. You want to know who's the person behind this. Um, can I trust them? Can I ask them questions? You know, are they relatable? So, you know, I always welcome that. I, I sometimes get direct messages with people wanting um, information, things like that. And I've, I've been on a couple of mom premier platforms and, and and the likes and I've had actually women phone and ask for business advice and it's amazing I didn't expect that I didn't expect any sort of personal attention at all and mm-hmm. um, for me it was always about body and about the game mm-hmm. and um, so to be able to help other women who reach out and go you know what I'm on the verge and I had a lady she phoned me and she said I'm on the verge of giving up my dream um, I'm ready to throw in the towel and I said whoa whoa whoa, whoa, whoa. okay let's back up let's Tell me what your dream is. And she sent me a PowerPoint and business proposal. And I said, okay, let me help you there. Let's, let's take this out. Let's put this in. And 
I don't know her. She lives in the Eastern Cape. And it just felt amazing to be able to give another woman encouragement. So I'm all for that. And, and I really do encourage people to reach out. I'm by no means a guru, but I'm, I'm happy to, to help another woman out there, you know, who, who wants to just chat and get ideas and sort of encouragement. Janine, can I just sincerely, from the bottom of my heart, just congratulate you on being a damn nice human being? Because you're making me feel tearful now. Because I mean, you've, you're so overwhelmed. You've got so much going on, and you don't consider yourself too busy or too important to help just your fellow human being out there who's just trying to slog it in this world of of making ends meet. So. That's a nice, nice thing yeah. that, that you're doing. And thanks for being so open to people out there because uh, Sam and I often see it in, um, in the social media sphere and in, in very different, many different industries. People's success often go to their heads very quickly and they don't have time for mere I, minions. I think it's important to remember that everybody was a minion once at some point. Humble beginnings mm-hmm. is everybody's um, starting point. Yeah, absolutely. Really, uh, I love. To me, my role models are people that are overcomers. You know, it's not about status; it's about the power to overcome and to get up and fight each day. And mm. I've got so much respect for people out there just trying to fight for their families and make ends meet. And so, yeah, it's important. And it's important to support each other. Yeah, and women true. that support women. Oh my word, it's such a beautiful thing when women applaud one another. Well, we're all about that. We're all about that. <laughs> Janine, from the bottom of our most humblest of minion hearts, thank you so much for joining us on The oh, Great thank Equalizer. Thank you for having me. Oh, that was a lack of story. How's that for celebrating women's achievement mm. this International Women's Day? And just huh? a little local South African lady juggling a million and one balls, just doing her thing, pursuing her dreams and working hard to get there. And yeah, here's the thing. When you look at something from the outside in, things seem so glamorous and amazing, looking at other people's achievements. Mm. But I can put myself right there where Janine is. And go like, okay, it doesn't look that it doesn't look that amazing, and it mm. also doesn't feel that amazing. I'm working my ass off, especially when you're in the struggle. Because yeah. I mean, eighty percent of the dream that you're trying to achieve is dealing with the shit. Yeah. Things don't happen by themselves. Loretta always says, "The harder I work, the luckier I get." Yeah, because exactly. people look at you like, "Oh, you're so lucky. You so got lucky. that lucky break." Um, it's not a lucky break. It's like that. Have you ever seen that picture of an iceberg? And the, just the tip of the iceberg above the water is success. And underneath all of that is that huge chunk of ice. Mm. That's the that hard makes, work that, that makes that. it what it is. Mm. And I mean, so well done to Janine. Wow. I don't know. Charlene, what's your bottom line for today? Well, two things. Um, I find her story very inspirational. And I suppose from what, what I can get from her story is that she just kept her head down and just focused on the goal. Whatever challenge hit her, um, she just kept her head down and focused on the goal. And I think with anything in life, as women, as men, it's a lesson we can teach our kids. When you're in the thick of it, even us with this podcast as a work project, when, when you're in the thick of it, just keep your head down, do the work, it's gonna get there. It's gonna pay off. And here's the thing, and I might sound very cutthroat and harsh, but do you know how many people over the last year have said to me, you shouldn't work so hard, be kind to yourself. Mm. This fucking podcast does not produce itself, people. Mm. Mm. It's hard work. And I have a dream. You have a dream, Charlene. And we are going to work our backsides off to get there. And if anybody motivated me to keep doing it, that is what Janine just said. Yeah. Another thing that I I'm taking as a big takeaway from this is, and that we mentioned mentioned it at the end, just her how totally humble and genuine she is about being willing to help others. And she she says, I'm no expert, but you know what? She's she's been she's to school it. on yes. how hard it is. So to help another person, to just like extend an arm and be like, hold on, I've climbed this mountain. I know where to step. I can show you. How great. Yeah, I love it. I think I want to inspire through this episode more moms to 
just reach for their dreams. Mm. As cheesy as that sounds. So guys, shall we keep talking? Yeah. Uh, listen, as you know, your uh, your input and your viewpoints and your experiences that you share with us is so important. Um, please, if you have anything to share uh, relating to this topic or any other topic for that matter, please DM us a voice note on Instagram at the Great Equalizer Podcast or record one on your phone and you can email it to us. Uh, the email address is thegreatequalizer.za at gmail.com. Also, guys, please feel free um, to tag us in your Instagram or Facebook posts with the hashtags Hashtag bombing at momming or hashtag bad mom moments. Yeah, guys, uh, those bad mom moments and, and bombing at mommings have been really fun. Yeah, like the DM or the voice note that we got uh, for this week's episode. Awesome. Thank yeah, you so yeah. much. Your support's so important to us. If you could keep those coming, you have no idea how much it means to us and your interaction with us means that we're achieving our goal and our dream. Every comment, every share, it means the world to us. We just want the world to know about our community. Mm. Um, about the, we want to spread the word about the amazing people, the experts that we meet and interview weekly. We just want more people to know about it. And we want to help each other. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Women supporting women. You know. Exactly. Um, so please don't forget to review us on any of the platforms that you are listening on, um, or on Facebook. Just give us a bit of a punt. Let people know that we're around. And remember to hit that subscribe button so that you're reminded weekly that we're around, yes. that we're here to stay, and that we have some new content. Exactly. And the more <laughs> we're seen, the better the podcast can do, the better we can be for you. Ah, I think that's it for this week, Charlene. Yep. Um, until next time. Keep, keep your, your mom game strong. For more on today's show, please head on over to our website at www.thegreatequalizerza.com or catch us on Instagram at The Great Equalizer Podcast or on Facebook. If you want something a little more personal, email us at thegreatequalizer.za at gmail.com and we'll get back to you.